Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and today I have with me the global beauty director for uh, the iconic brand, Laura Mercier, um, Jason Hoffman. Jason, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm so excited you're here with us. Thank you so much, Ekta. I'm really happy to be here and talk with you today. Awesome. I would love it if you could start us off by telling us about like your career and like how you got started in the beauty industry, you know, just the whole, um, the real career history that led you here. I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of fell into beauty. I, I actually, I minored in fashion merchandising. So I was, I thought, you know, I would be a, a buyer or something like that. And in my mind, you know, buyers for department stores sat in all the front rows at fashion shows. Right. Right, uh, but, right. But that's not, that's not the case actually. And, and, and I, I was, I was working towards that and actually fell into makeup artistry. And I had been exposed before in college and everything uh, through mm-hmm. theater and through actually drag queens and all of that. But right. I fell into the beauty industry and um, worked in sales. And then the first makeup brand I actually worked for way back when in like, I think 2001 was yeah. Laura Mercier. And oh, wow. I know. So it was, it was really, <laughs> it, that's where I, I, I honed my skills and I learned how to do eyeliner and concealer and all of that. And then yeah. moved on to uh, Los Angeles and did uh, TV and film, well, the, the hair and makeup for TV and film. And then finally moved to New York, I would say about 15 years ago and started doing more um, fashion and um, editorial and stuff like that. And, and yeah. really just, and found my love. And then realized though, that I, I actually enjoyed the whole business side of makeup too, that there was like a whole billion dollar industry. Right. And I just was really obsessed with different trends that were happening globally and how you could develop an entire strategy around an eyeliner stroke or something that is going to drive retails in different parts of the world. So, you know, I I really focused on that. And, you know, fast forward, here I am, I think maybe a couple of years ago, I took this position as the global beauty director for Laura Mercier. And I, I just love it. I'm back where I started. I'm back home. And yeah, it feels yeah. like the perfect place to be. It's like you came full circle. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I did have to get out there, you know, kick me out of the nest and, and let me let yeah. me play a little bit. But I, I did actually come come back to where I started. I love that. And I, you know, it's interesting because when I first came across your profile and I saw that you were the global beauty director, it really made me realize just, I mean, I think I always knew in my mind how big of a brand Laura Mercier was, but like it made me realize how iconic of a brand it has really truly become over the years. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about that, like the journey of, you know, obviously we all know about the amazing powder, right, that um, Laura has and it, everyone uses it. I mean, I don't know anyone with any kind of complexion that doesn't love it. I mean, it's it's perfect. And so can you tell us about, just your whole experience with seeing the brand kind of develop into what it is and just, you know, um, kind of how you took it in, a, in the direction that you've taken in it. Well, yeah, it's, that's an interesting, an interesting question because when I went away, the brand was kind of in its, I mean, it was maybe five or six years old. So it was the, still the core, core products, right? So yeah. um, the, the products that Laura was famous for that she, de- she developed them on set. And uh, and they're still the core products that we have today. You know, the secret camouflage, the translucent powder, the primer, right. all of those things that were sort of industry secrets, the tinted moisturizer that nobody was really doing at the time. And yeah. to come back almost 20 years later 
and to have those still be at the core of the brand, it really mm -hmm. tells me that she knew what she was doing from the beginning and set yeah. trends for where the market now is. I mean, because now everybody has all of these products and, and they're still the core of our business. So, you yeah. know, it's really cool to see those iconic products still be the top sellers and to take those and to, to kind of play in different directions and say, how can we make this more fun and a little bit more interesting and a little more yeah. modern? And we've, we've no, done it's, that. It's interesting because I, I don't want me to interrupt you, but like, honestly, I feel like every powder that came out after, or that I discovered after Laura Mercier's powder was like, kind of like a dupe. That's what it felt like. Like they yeah. were trying to make a dupe of it, but it's like, it never worked because it was either too flaky or like too drying or like something was always off. But it's like, I keep coming back to the same product. And I kid you not, the only time I've had, so one time I want to tell you this, like Sephora <laughs> messed up my order and they sent me, instead of the primer I'd ordered, they sent me Laura's hydrating primer. And mm -hmm. Jason, I got it. And I was like, obviously I was mad, right? My order was wrong, but I tried it and I was like, this is phenomenal. So my point is like, I've never tried anything and not fallen in love. So that makes sense when you say that you guys have stuck to this core of amazing yeah. products. Yeah. That's, well, that's, I'm, I'm glad you like the primer too. Yeah. Um, and that, that one, that one is a spin. So the, the, the perfecting primer was the original primer that Laura created, you know, 25 years ago. And we yeah. still keep that. That's still, that's still in the line, but because technologies evolve as well as do like, you know, the way people take care of their skin and all of that. So we've created different primers that address different skin issues as well. So that's just kind of an example of how we take something that she's so passionate about and we expand on it and make right. it, you know, have a broader reach. I love that. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, well, a lot about the behind the scenes of like, you know, what goes into your day to day? Because I think, you know, I'm very confused about like the full role of a beauty director. Like I know that you mentioned uh, a little bit about the business side, but I really want you to kind of um, take a deeper dive into it if you could. Yeah, I mean, day to day, that's really, <laughs> that's hard to nail down <laughs> because, because, you know, Overall, what I what I try to do is I try to, you know, I am that sort of voice in the face of artistry for the brand. Right. Um, but what that means is, you know, from I work with every single department from product development, marketing, PR, digital, um, education, all of those, all of those departments uh, I work with. And I and I come at it from a different perspective. Of, right. I'm like, how is this going to feel? in the hands of the consumer, in the hands of a makeup artist? How is this gonna to react to the skin? How will it react to other products? And I, I try to, to be that sort of voice in the room. And of course, we all, we all want to you know, do well and, and, and sell product and all of that. But, but for me, it really is, how is this going to work on the skin of real people? Right. And that's, and that's what drives me and that's what I love what I do. Now that could be, I could be editing copy one day and I could be, you know, developing a protein the next day. So really there is no job too big or too small. I kind of will do it all. Yeah. Yeah. So like what, I, that's interesting. It's like, you know, um, kind of running the whole show, you know, like you're like the conductor, right? <laughs> okay. Some, the very, yes. Conductor is a very, a very good way to put a spin on it because yeah. especially when it comes to, you know, being on set with, um, because I am a makeup artist, of course, uh, but I but we have a team of artists that are on set with us because when we're on set, we try to make the most of it and it's get as much content and as much, you know, 
as many shots and as many videos as we can. So, you know, we have a team of, it really depends. It's usually around five people that you are the conductor and you have to make sure that everything is sort of, you know, in harmony if we're sticking with the theme, but everything needs to sort of tell this same story and everything needs to look like it um, comes from the same source. Right. Right. And I, and I actually want, I'm curious about um, the makeup, like the behind the scenes um, part about the makeup side, because you said you have a background in, in makeup artistry, right? So like, I want to know how you've incorporated that in your work, like, you know, in terms of who you hire and the way that you, um, you know, like, I guess, work on, you know, because I think the reason I asked you, Laura's products are very like natural skin, beautiful everyday looks, you know what I mean? So like, I always find those kind of brands so interesting because I think that's a much harder look to create. So could you tell me about like, just how you formulate your team of like artists and you know what I mean? Just the whole thing. Yes. Well, so uh, a little bit of history is, you know, Laura was really famous. What made her so popular uh, because back in the eighties and the nineties, there was no photo. I mean, there was Photoshop eventually, but there was there there was airbrushing where you would physically retouch photos, uh, you know, with a with a paintbrush. And you know, there was no Facetune, there were no filters or anything like that. And her work needed very little because she would play with these different textures and light and dark to help to erase any imperfections. So yes. you know, that was that's what made her famous from the beginning. And what's so fantastic is what we've done recently is we've been able to, to go back into that sort of mode. And we've gone to, you know, we've always done minimal retouching, but now just recently we started doing absolutely zero retouching on all of our work that we've been doing, I could say the past four months. And so oh, wow. that is an entirely different animal. And so, what, so can you actually tell me more about that? Because like, what do you mean by like zero retouching? Zero retouch. So we're talking, you know, we, we, so we just launched the new version of our secret camouflage and that is our like really heavy duty concealer. So we, we tried to cast people uh, that had skin issues and things that we really wanted to correct. So we did before and after photos. Um, and so when I say zero retouching, I mean, we sit there with the photographer and we look at we just zoom in to every single part of the face and yeah. we just make all the corrections right there on set. It's oh, very wow. time consuming. And, and, you know, I'll talk about my team in a second, but they are the, the, the most OCD makeup artist that I've ever met. And thank I goodness. Can imagine. Yeah. So, and, and, and when I say like, we're fixing everything, I mean, if there's someone has something on the skin, like if you have, you know, a scar or something like that. Well, or like we're a not, freckle or something. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna mess with that. But like any, if there's a brush hair, if there's a, like a little bit of flaky skin, if there's anything yeah. that we can remove, we remove it physically because we're not, we're not even removing the slightest bit of dust that's on the skin. That so, is so cool. It's like yeah. Photoshop in real life. Like, no, yeah, no, it's, no, it, yeah. And, and believe me, we, we all are a little bit more gray haired after it. But, yeah, you know, when I you bet. see the end results and I see how excited that the makeup artists are, the models are, the models are like responding and reposting yeah. their, you know, their before and afters. And, and I see the excitement that it's generating and it really makes me excited too. You know, it's something that I don't think many brands do. And I'm so excited because we own that. We, you know, that's what Laura did 30 years ago. And I'm just so happy that we could be doing it again in a really public yeah. 
That's huge, Jason, because honestly, um, isn't like the whole idea that, you know, um, so many foundations and products sell with that whole idea of, oh, get the airbrush look, you know what I mean? Like, like, and it's like, you're sitting here telling me like, you know, this is literally what we do. (laughs) Yeah. And it it does look airbrushed if you're in like bright lights and all of that. But what it, but what you don't realize when you start using the heavy foundations is it doesn't look so great in real life. Yeah, and, yeah. and what we're able to do, and that's that's why our products are so good. They, they do what we promise is because they, we use light layers and they build on top of one another. And then you create, it's called the flawless face. It's not that we're saying that you must be flawless. It's the best version your skin can look like on camera and in real life. And I'm just really happy we can we can tell that story loud and proud. I love, I really love that because honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those women that loves a natural look, but I was all, I'm also a millennial. So I grew up with the whole, you know, air, like airbrush foundation. Like, you know what I mean? I wanted it to look as perfect as beautiful, but, and beautiful, but like, yeah, you're right. It would look cakey and it would look like it's not at all what I want to wear to work. You know what I mean? So I really can appreciate that, that you guys are able to do this, making it look as natural as possible. So yeah, I really do want you to tell me more about the artists though, that you pick, like the makeup artists, like how do you screen them? Because obviously, yeah, you're right. They have to be OCD. (laughs) It sounds like. (laughs) They're they're very OCD. And you know, the team is not quite where I, I still want to have more artists and I want I want this sort of Mercier Pro is is the working title. You know, I, I want it to be bigger. I want it to be global. But, you know, the plans to sort of launch it were to start. Uh, we were starting in March of 2020. So that's kind of on hold. So right now I have my I have my roster of, of New York artists that are are just fantastic. And I've worked with them for years. So these are not people that I've necessarily audition per se, even though we are trying out new people. Um, yeah. These are these are people that I've, I've known their work and uh, you know, they're kind of these, these quiet giants that are just, that are always there uh, for big makeup moments and supporting like these big name artists. Uh, but they're really, they're just, they're so fantastic and detail oriented. And, and even beyond that, it's like beyond the set, these are people that I would choose to hang out with, you know, because they oh, just are here know. to get the job done. There are no egos. We are, we are just very much a team. It, there'll be many times where you have three makeup artists doing one person's makeup and we don't even have to speak. We just, we finish each other, each other's brushstrokes, so to speak. And it's, Oh, I love that. Yeah, oh my god! It's just a great, it's a great feeling. And, yeah. and they're just, they really are, you know, a primo team. So like, how did you, so, you know, this is so intriguing to me because I think the artistry of makeup kind of gets lost in the um, branding and the, you know what I mean? Like it gets Mm -hmm. lost and a lot of brands kind of lose focus on that. So how did you, did you have to fight to keep that at the heart of Laura Mercier or did you just, I mean, it was just, it it came naturally because I mean, it's the heart of what Laura is, right? A makeup artist, a a true artist. So I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's something that I have to fight for. I will say that it's what I was brought in to do, you know, so this, so this, this job, it's, you know, I, I was speaking to, you know, the president and, and, and the VP, we we were, we spoke, spoke for quite a while about, about this position and, and me and my, the way I would sort of tackle the role. And it was something that I, I wasn't necessarily sure about at first. I was like, let me give them time to, to search and do that. And I will kind of be over here doing my thing. And and then I would say maybe a year later, we reconvened. And I was like, yeah, I think this this is the right 
the right place. It's the right moment. It's the right position for me. And I think I, I think and I know actually that I could I have something to bring to this to this role now. And so that's that's right. kind of how it happened. And and because I was invited in to be that 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 piece of artistry that was missing, I yeah. don't feel like it's a fight at all. You know, it's yeah, very, that it's, makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. It really, makes, it really works well. So, okay, so I want you to tell me what inspires you about beauty, because obviously, like, you know, you're someone who's, you know, your vision is translated every day, you know, and, and I, and I would, I love hearing um, people from your perspective really describe what they find to be beautiful, whether it's with makeup or skincare or whatever. Um, can you give us a little bit of, you know, just things that inspired you, I guess, throughout your career? And yeah, I mean, yeah. For, for me, it, personally, I think there's, I think, I've always said that, you know, when you're doing makeup, there's always a point where makeup, it gets ugly before it gets pretty kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there's always that point where it's like, and no matter how big or how small the the look is that you're creating, there's always this moment of like, oh my gosh, is this going to, is this going to work out for me? Or, you know, and you kind of tell yourself, um, you know, as the artist, just kind of trust the process and let yourself go with it. And yeah. then there's always this moment where you know, or whoever, if you're doing makeup on yourself, or if you're doing makeup on another person, where you see the look, and that's when right. you realize that this is going to work out just like you had hoped, and sometimes even better. And it's that the breath, that sigh of like acceptance and self love, and all of that, and that's, and, and that's what keeps me going. You know, it's yeah, yeah, twenty plus years in this business, and and I just I'm always. I always love that moment of self-acceptance of whoever the, the subject is. Right, right. I love that. And I think it's like, you know, it it's interesting because I never think that an artist's perspective is ever going to be like black or white, right? I mean, it's no. a, I mean, pun it, not, no pun intended, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, <laughs> yes. um, it's, it, it's interesting, the philosophical aspect of it for me too, right? Like what drives you and like what really inspires you. And I, and I like to hear that, but my my main thing is is like um you know when it comes to the art part of it um in terms of like new artists right so like let me give you a scenario so there's a new makeup artist that wants to work with you yes. um what are some of the things you look for in that person um when you're screening them is there this philosophical thing you go through you have in your mind like a like a checklist of like you know what i mean like attributes or like things yes. somebody should be like yeah i mean it, it really depends, you know, because I, I could say that, you know, I want somebody that's kind of under the radar that is, uh, that gets in and just does their thing. But then I also have some people on the team that are outrageous and everything. And what's good is I can utilize this artist to be sort of like the model wrangler or something, you know, that, that you can get anything mm. out of anybody because you're so, uh, you know, lovely and gregarious and everybody wants to, to be a part of this world that you're creating. But in terms of techniques, you know, I just, I need really precise eyeliner. I need a beautiful lip liner and you need, you need to know how to work with skin and manipulate skin and not just beautiful, perfect skin, but you need to know how to address like real skin and skin issues yeah. and how do you cover acne without making it look like a mask. And, and that's really important to me. And, but you can always tell the, the, the skills and then you can polish somebody and you can you can bring them into this world of Laura Mercier and how do you make them you know have the brush strokes of the brand so but I, I look for just right. general precision skills really 
That's awesome. And I, I like that because I think, you know, I, I don't, I'm not gonna lie for me, the world of arts, even makeup, you know, makeup artists, like I've always been so intrigued by like, well, you know, where do you come up with like, you know, the ideas and the looks and stuff. But I think, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think people focus enough on the art part. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I look, I look at Instagram and I just sit there and I look at some of this stuff and I'm like, in what world did you come up with this? Like, I, I, I'm in right. awe. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. It's it's like, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. And and the thing is, I respect, like, the real art, like, those artists that are, like, creating, like, these, like, um, theatrical looks and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they're, yes. um, yeah, like, the movie set makeup and stuff. Those are, like, that's always so interesting. So um, I want to ask you a random question, actually. And I... Um, very curious did you ever were you inspired by any like um big artist growing up like you know like picasso or like van gogh or like do you have any favorites i, um, I i've always wanted to ask a makeup artist this <laughs> in terms of like i mean in terms of like painters yeah i i mean i do think picasso is very interesting and i've i've, I've referenced i've referenced um his work a little bit but for me it's been really, it's really hard to translate something yeah. from the canvas to the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for me, it's, it's less about painters. For me, what I really turn to is I go to composers and, oh, and wow. I will, and I will turn to different composers. Like if I, if I go to Puccini, yeah. which is really weird. I don't, I can't tell you why, but like <laughs> Puccini, that's it. Um, yeah. I can really laser focus in on how to do a beautiful high precision look. I don't know why. Really? Um, but for me, I, I to look at a piece of art, I can sort of take inspiration in colors and all of that. But if I can close my eyes and I can listen to a piece of music, yeah. it will put me in the right place to do makeup. Wow. That's really, I love that. That's really cool. I just did a shoot a couple of weeks ago and it was like, and it was like, of the model was like 65 and we wanted to make it this whole sort of like disco sort of vibe yeah and yeah for like the whole for two days I listened to nothing but disco with my eyes closed and just <laughs> I just got into that zone and then I was able to start sketching out the makeup but for but you me got into character it's like being an actor or like you know like getting into character yeah a little bit yeah but for for me my my source of inspiration is, has always been music so I'll, I'll put something on noise canceling headphones and then I can create. I love that. That's so cool to me because I know like, you know, um there there's people like, you know, like you hear in the OR people play classical music or they'll, you know what I yeah. mean, like while they're working. So I find that to be so interesting. That's so cool. Sorry, it was a very random question, I know. No, <laughs> and, I, and I, it's I, stomach so I'm like, well, I have to think about that. I'm like, what? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for for me it's always it's always been music. That's really cool. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about the skincare um, side of Laura Mercier, though, Jason, because I think I'm not enough. I think people, obviously, we all know about it, but, um, you know, you guys are not very flashy with your your um, marketing and your advertising for it. So can you tell us about how that kind of came up and or, you know, from makeup to skincare, that transition? Like, I, you know, what happened with that and how did that go? Like, how did that come about? Well, I mean, so we've always been known as the complexion brand you know, like for our foundations and concealers and of course powder so it see that natural segue would be skincare you know for us it's like you know you're you're painting the canvas and then with our primers it's of course priming the canvas yeah. but then there's this whole 
it's how do you create this perfect canvas underneath? And so Laura actually, she went to school, she went to the Carita school and she became an esthetician. So that's where she began. So oh. it, was a, it was a natural progression to go into skincare and it's something she's always been very passionate about. So, you know, the, the products like, you, and you're exactly right. We're not, we, we are quiet. We're not as loud as we should be about um, our skincare and, and all Yeah, because there's nothing out there. Like I never see ads or anything. It's true. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, but but it, is, it is about just creating the most perfect um, balanced skin. So it really is about having, you know, that texture perfect, the not too oily, not too matte, um, but that perfect, the perfect balanced skin so that the makeup will lay down um, beautifully. So, you know, we don't do a lot of like anti-aging or any of that. Um, I will say that our eye cream is the best eye cream I've ever used. It has a uh, violet pearl in there, so it brightens, but also it really almost works as a primer for your concealer, so. Oh, I've never yeah. tried it. I need to, I need to check that out. Yes, so like yes. what it's got violet pearls so is that for like just like reflecting light and like yeah. making it brighter or what yes exactly so it illuminates but then when you put concealer on it it holds it it stays illuminated and it just i don't know it's gorgeous i i use it on the i'll use it on the nose or anywhere that there's flaky skin it's my little yeah. so it's like a hybrid like so is that a is that a theme then in laura's skincare kind of like almost not a hybrid but like a little bit of makeup is there too like you know what I'm saying? Like a touch of makeup. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, yeah. But you know, sh we we are looking more into um, hybrid products and everything. Of course, I, I think everybody is. But the actual, the first hybrid product that we ever came out with was the tinted moisturizer. That was yes, your moisturizer, your sunscreen, and your foundation all in one. And Laura was the first person to actually launch that in the U.S. because it was a French beauty secret. And so mm. it's something that women would get after they go to get their facial, they would have tinted moisturizer put on. Uh, and she loves the, like that formula and wanted to launch it in the US when she launched her brand. That That's true because I remember when I saw it, I'd never seen something like it before. And I was like, this is very, very new to me. And I remember trying it at the time and I still love it. I mean, I know that BB creams and CC creams kind of blew up after that. Like, I remember it being like this, like movement almost. You know? Yeah, like, it, was, it was, it was like in the early 2000s and it was, it was tinted moisturizer was there. We were yeah. the first, but then it started to kind of pop up. And then I remember, I think the day when BB cream came up and I was like, oh, what is this? And now CC. Uh, but yeah, there's so many different beautiful formulas out there that are hybrid products. So, but it's nice to know we were, we were one of the first and, and still yeah, doing Yeah, it's still continuing. Everyone's yeah. kind of following in the footsteps. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the, I, you know, real fundamentals, right. About any good brand is like, if you can create something that, like you said, it's like, you know, very like they're fundamental things that work, you know what I mean? And then you're building, if you're building on top of that, that's great. But that foundation, I think, um, that's what I think is so, so unique about Laura Mercedes brand is that it's, you guys have this amazing foundation, you know? Um, and I keep saying things that have double meanings, but you really do actually have amazing foundations <laughs> as well. But, um, <laughs> well, it's funny because I've been here in my little office and I have like all of the product development. I'm looking at all these different lab samples of like different like lotions and potions and foundations and things that I've, I've got to try. So I'm excited to see what's what's coming up next because I work with the product development team pretty closely, yeah. and um, I've got a whole list of stuff I've, I'm dying to try. It's been coming in every day. I get a I get a package, 
of new products so, to try. How do you guys narrow your focus on like your next release? Like I, I'm always curious about that for big brands. Like, isn't there like a huge argument in the in the meeting room about like what you guys should come out with next? Like, how does that work? Like, take us a little behind the scenes with that. I mean, yeah, I bet there, you know, I'm sure there are there are many discussions about what which product needs to come forward. Um, you know, I I give my two cents and, you know, marketing takes their direction and all of that. So it, it really, it, it is a group effort, but I think, you know, we, we all give our, our input. And then at the end of the day, it, it just has to become a discussion about, you know, what is best for our portfolio that we have right now? What's missing? Um, what do we think is going to be, you know, resonate the most with our customers? And, mm-hmm. and what will be the most well-received globally, you know, because now we're, we're expanding to all different markets. And so, you know, it has to be something that is loved globally as well. Yeah, that ma- I mean, that makes sense. And also, I'm like, I feel like with your like demographic, like, would you say your demographic is mostly like, like working men and women? Like, how is that? Like, what, what is the target audience for Warmer CA? I mean, we we do we span, and it really depends on on where where you are. You know, U.S. It's a different demographic than it is in Asia, than it is in yep. Australia. Um, yep. But but yeah, I mean, I think I think we definitely have a very polished professional vibe, and I think it attracts. You know, I think it attracts a, a very professional clientele. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we 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 do fun colors. We do. Um, a lot of different things. I get messages all the time from different makeup artists and they're just, they're, they're like, I'm obsessed with, you know, this caviar stick and raspberry or whatever, um, because yeah. they've been looking for, you know, a, a pinky sort of color to use on the eyes that isn't like too over the top. So, I mean, I think we, we speak to those that want to look authentically like their best selves. Right. And, and, you know, here's the thing, like the reason I was even asking you that is because I think when I think of global brands um, and then the whole argument or not argument, but like the conversation around inclusivity and diversity, I think that it almost comes naturally to like a bigger brand to just yourself, a global brand like Laura's, right. because, um, you know, that's at least how I see it. So how do you like on a day to day or not even day to day, just overall in your in your professional like experience, deal with that whole conversation about inclusivity? And has it affected the brand when you've been around? Because I don't think I've seen any complaints about Laura's products in terms of, oh, well, I can't find my shade or you know what I mean? Right. I mean, well, we've always tried to, you know, have. A, a nice assortment of shade ranges, you know, I mean, of course, yeah. there's always, there's always gaps to fill in, you know, but what, what I like is that we're, we're, you know, as we continue to grow our ranges, you see even distributions, you know, it's of the, of the light and the dark, and then it fills in, in the middle, you know, so I think that's, that's how, you know, you've got a decent shade range when you, when you can say, okay, well, we don't just have, you know, two dark colors, and then we have eight fair colors and then we have all the middle ranges you know i think i think it's good to see an even distribution and then also that you know when you have foundations for extremely light extremely deep and everything in between that you okay. need to be able to have concealers and and powders and everything for for the shade ranges as well because you know people yeah want, you need you need the whole thing like you yeah need i mean you have to be able to, to to buy your whole face with even though you may not buy your whole face with one brand it's nice to have that have that option to shop, you know, altogether. 
Yeah, and and honestly, I agree. But I'm also like the see. This is this is the interesting part for me, right? Because it's almost as if everything you're saying is just kind of rolling off your tongue in a natural way. You see what I'm saying about just talking about the shade ranges and stuff. But then I sit there and I look at brands that are smaller, and for some reason, there's still this argument or this thing where it's like they can't seem to be you know getting to this point of right. being like well you know, yeah because you know you're talking about it like it's just it's a natural thing and everyone should be doing this and you are doing it your brand is doing it but it's like some why like I get stuck right because I'm like well why isn't everyone thinking this and that's why I brought up the whole global aspect is that whenever a brand like you know like for example like Maybelline or like you know like all of these huge brands like they don't have that conversation it feels like of well we're not including people or we're leaving people out or we're not diverse enough you know and I think Laura's brand is very much like that and I'm just wondering where that disconnect is between what you guys are doing right and what everybody else needs to kind of follow in the footsteps you know it's a a really good question too I mean I know personally when you say it rolls off the tongue for me because I just look at it as a makeup artist you know I I, when I go into the meetings I'm thinking like oh, let's do 60 of these, you know, and then it has to come down to, well, okay, well, if we can only do 30, where would we go? You know, so it becomes a question of like, not whittling it down, but I think, I think some of the smaller brands, you know, you have to, they maybe can only come out with 10 foundation shades, but if you can only come out with 10 foundation shades, well, then the job is to come out with 10 shades that best represent, you know, a full spectrum of of consumers, you know. So you, you don't have to have a hundred shades. You can have thirty shades as long as they're the right shades and well crafted, right? Like it's yeah. like yeah, the craftsmanship has to go into it. I mean, and also I would even urge that and say, why are you even coming out with foundation if you don't have the the you know what I mean? The means to do it right and the way that's, you that's want a to. great that's a great point. A yeah. Great point. So uh, you know, I, but yeah, I just I wanted to address that because I think you know the brands that I think are doing inclusivity and diversity, right? Like it's important to highlight those brands. And I mean, I can't think of a better example. I mean, I, as a woman of color, I can go into Sephora, Laura Mercier's counter is always something I can like trust. You know what I mean? Like with my skin, like I know, but if I buy something um, from this line, it's going to work on my skin and I'm going to be able to use it every single day. And as a consumer, that's huge. That to me is like the equivalent of like, you know, your favorite, I don't know, like your favorite candy or like your favorite, you know, that product you go and you always pick up. So that's like a relationship that the brand has built with me as a consumer. And, um, you know, yeah. And, and so, you know, and I feel like that's important to highlight, right? Because I think like people aren't focusing on how it's not just products that you're buying, you're buying, you're purchasing something from a brand that in a way understands your needs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I no, totally agree. And yeah. and I think that's that's the one thing too, and, and about Laura and then about, you know, and me as well coming on and working, you know, with Laura and, and all the teams is like, she really does want to make makeup for real people, you know, and that's, yeah. that's, that was her goal in the beginning anyway. And it was to make it effortless. And, and so it's, I think that's why you sort of gravitate and that's your comfort zone. You're like, well, this is something I can use every day because that was always the intention right. for the brand, you know? And of course we have, you know, when you want to feel special, you can pull out this, you know, fantastic red lipstick or something, but exactly. we're not the brand to go to if you want to completely erase yourself and create, you know, another person on top of it, which I love that right. too, but we're right. not, we're not necessarily, you know, the brand that people go to for that. 
well, you know, you can't be everything. <laughs> so th and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah that's but, true. Very true. But no, I actually, I wanted to suggest you should do like a whole series because I noticed that your Instagram is amazing. By the way, everyone listening out there, Jason's personal Instagram is awesome. I saw your tip about removing the um, mascara with yeah. um, like the <laughs> yes. mascara. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he's a genius. Like, <laughs> Well, I got that from, I got that on set from one of our, because I, I try to do um, a tip every Tuesday. Uh, yeah. which I didn't do. I need to do that. Remind. Thank, thank you for reminding me. Uh, but I was like, oh, I need, I was like, somebody give me a tip. We were all, we were on set. And that yeah. was from um, a Disco. She was one of our artists. And she's like, oh, this is my favorite tip with, with mascara. And I was like, good, I'll do it. And then wow. I tried it and it works fantastic. I love it's it. It's beautiful. I love it. I had no idea you changed my world. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. I'll keep doing them then. I, right yes, now, I'm posting these no retouching things. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in that habit, but I need to Also the retouching thing, I really want to see, like, are you guys going to do like a series of showing us how, because, you know, that would be so cool because I'm not going to lie, when you said the whole retouching, I remember like, you know, in high school trying to get that powder perfect. So it, it would be so yes. cool to see that. Like if some of your artists could maybe do a, like a IGTV live or something, you know what I mean? Like just something. That's a, great, that's a good suggestion. So yeah. So yes, so the answer is yes, we can always do that. Um, so let me noodle on that. That's a really good suggestion. I mean, the images, yeah. are, they're on our website, like for se the Secret Camouflage Duo, and I'm posting them on my Instagram, just literally the before and after, and saying like zero retouching used here. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's really interesting, but also to see the, the work that goes into it. I think it's something like IGTV wouldn't be as, great as like a full shoot right yeah, like a... it's grainy and it's really hard to see but i think exactly. i think to um to do something like that maybe a little bts on our next shoot could be really impactful yes please do because i feel like that's the goal i mean i if every millennial woman i think we all want that at the end of the day is like how can we make this look great so that we don't have to deal with it anymore <laughs> yeah no so true well and plus like i think i think that we've seen for so long now we've seen this fantasy yeah. of makeup and everything and I like I said I love it and I I don't want it to go away but also I think we're coming to a time now where your best reality is now the fantasy and it's like how do we make that yeah. you know this this desirable thing versus having this over filtered beautiful Instagram brows and all of that which I love yeah. but how do we make it real and attainable and have that be the new fantasy Yes, exactly. I mean, is it really the new fantasy though? Because you think about Marilyn Monroe, right? And you think of all these old actresses, like older, like sixties, and you think of natural beauty. At least I do. You know what I mean? And so no, when, totally. you're, when you're telling me like I can do, you can do your makeup, and it's going to be something where you don't have you have minimal retouching, and I can wear this to the hospital or to my workplace and feel beautiful, right? Because it really goes back to that whole my skin looks great, so I feel great. You know what I mean? Yes. It's yes. my eyeliner looks great, so I feel like everything's on point like I feel like those things are really the things that make women feel beautiful and you know I would love to see like just I don't know just like yeah more behind the scenes of it honestly because I think that's what we all wanted to see anyways growing up <laughs> like, yeah absolutely you know? yes yeah. and do, do you wear a mask every day to work um yes I have okay to. so I, have to. I think we need to like I'd love to like do a whole makeup where the model is just wearing a mask the whole time. Oh my God. Yes. That would be brilliant. It. Yeah. Yeah. That would be brilliant, especially for the eyes and the, the brows and yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I'm so getting I'm ideas. Gonna... I'm taking notes. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was sitting here like 
contemplating. I'm like, what should I I've got, I've got yeah. a month's worth of content. Thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, well, I wanted to I want to say thank you so much, Jason. This has been so great. And I would love to have you back on to tell us more like of your tips and you know, anything just to talk. Absolutely. I'm, I'm here anytime. So just you know how to reach me. Yeah. Um, everyone out there, please, please, please go follow Jason on his Instagram. It's a Jason Hoffman, all one, you know, one word, no spaces. And um, obviously follow Laura Mercier. And hopefully we'll see that content that we just talked about soon. Um, yes. And we can and definitely go, I'm going to go check out the retouch, um, the stuff that's up and out about it, because I want to actually see all the behind the scenes. Great. Yeah. Sounds so good. thank you so much, guys. Leave us some feedback. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Ekta. <laughs>